Thank you for listening to the Collide Podcast. Today we have Mike Rainey, who taught our parenting class and our students this past Wednesday night. He is wrapping up our series called Influencer. Mike's been on a lot of different trips with us and has helped out in youth ministry in a few different ways. And so uh, take a listen and hear what he has to say about being an influencer. If you've ever been in one of the vans with me, you know that uh, one of the requirements is I got to have a DJ. I want to know what to listen to next. So I'm often asking for recommendations. And based on the things we talked about so far, the first recommendation I need from you, now listen, I'm going to ask you a question and I'm interested in what you have to say. This is your shot to be able to say something out loud in this room while somebody's on stage. Best chips and salsa in Georgetown. Go. Okay, we got the two salsas. That's Chewies and torchies. Okay, so oh, pause, pause. I, d- I have, I need some qualification here. Okay, so does queso count in this discussion? I heard torchies. I'm a big fan of their chips and queso, not salsa. Is this separate or what are we talking about here? Okay, so that's separate, separate categories, but Torchy's has good salsa as well. That's what I'm hearing. And I heard McDonald's, didn't even know that was a thing, that McDonald's had chips and salsa. Yes or no? I don't think that's a thing. Yes, ma'am. La Playa. The player, we like to say. Tell us a joke. Nobody? Okay. Yes, you raised your hand, so tell me. Best chips and salsa. Yeah, I, I love those guys. Very, very authentic. Okay, well, shh, I got to write some of this stuff down, and I'm going to take a piece of paper so I can write this down. I've got another one for you. Tommy mentioned Netflix. Next show for me, you have it. It's on the, it's on the tip of your time. What is it? Go. Oh, okay, I'm a big fan of Gilmore Girls, but that was before you were born, so I'm very impressed. Okay, go. Yes. Madam Secretary. Parts and Rec. I got it. Let me write that down as well. Yeah, so next thing that I've got to watch on Netflix, maybe not the best, but maybe the next. What do you got for me? Oh, okay. Lost in space, like Danger Will Robinson, Danger Will Robinson, Lost in Space. Okay, I'll go with Disney Plus as well. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry, yes. Okay, okay. Whoa, Todd, Todd, stay with me. It doesn't count if I can't hear you and write it down because I actually want to know what you're saying. So you're right there, Disney Plus, Mandalorian, yes. The Arrow. Crisis. On infinite or all right, pause. I got enough in Netflix here. Next one. Okay, I got it. I wrote it down. The next book I'm going to read because I'm going to read the book before the movie. That's what Tommy just told me. Next book. Loud noises. Loud noises. Okay, yes. Percy Jackson. I'm a big fan. Big fan of Percy Jackson. Rick Riordan in general is one of my favorites. Uh, I was. But the Bible, I'm writing that down as well. 
Very nicely done. Yes, another one. Okay, hold, pause. I'm right here. Yes. Yes. Man. So I liked all of that. Greek, Roman mythology. Write it out. Okay, next one. Yes. Man. These sound like movies that are going to make me cry when I watch them. Okay, here we go. I'm going to finish up. Jay, and then right here, go. Say it again. Yes. Yes, Lord of the Rings was the recommendation. If you're writing down on this side, Lord of the Rings and Mary Poppins. Okay, got it. No, I'm just joking. You said Aragon. Yeah, I heard you. Somebody else said. Hey, let me ask you. That. Here's, look, here's the next one. Here's the next one for you. This one, I want you to be able to ask yourself. You don't shout this one out. Land out the ground rules here. You don't shout this one out. You just, just need you to think about this one. What causes you to take somebody's recommendation? You don't have to, don't have to shout this one out. I just need you to think about this one. I'm taking your recommendation. What causes you to take somebody's recommendation? Have you ever been hanging out, maybe school, here, well, whatever it is, and somebody's telling a, a, a story about an experience they had or a book they read or a place they went for chips and salt. I don't care what it is, but somebody was telling a story about it, and if it, you immediately had to take part in that. Like, whatever it is, you're like, I am in. I want to do that. Has that ever happened to you? At all. Okay, I'm going to share a story that it happened to me, and then you can take my story on as your own so it can happen to you. You ever taken somebody's recommendation? Okay, so you have done that? Okay, back with me. So now we're back. Okay, it's good. So I heard somebody say, hey, credibility impacts whether I take somebody's recommendation or not. Was somebody right over here? I, yeah, I, 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 get, I, dig, I dig that is where it's coming from, is that recommendation, is it something, somebody that is credible? What makes that, what makes that person credible? Talk to me. Okay, so, yeah, so we can see their past, and go ahead, I'm with you. So the experiences that we got read, the interactions that you have had, if what coming out of their mouth match up to the things that you have seen, okay, what else we got over here? Yeah, so is there a relationship that is built? I'll try to stay in the middle here, so we don't have that again relationship that is built there? Am I more willing to take on a recommendation somebody that I have interacted with and, and built a relationship? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so the, in, in terms of, okay, are we thinking along the same lines? Do we have similar interests? We talked about that a little bit before, a similar lifestyle. How about, go ahead, talk to me. Yes. You know, you got that, got that somebody said, what, I don't care what it is. You know, you just fill in the blank. Somebody was doing something, maybe took a trip or experienced something, and they are putting you inside of that particular story that you can tell that that is something that they had done before. You got any good storytellers in your life? You don't, you're 0 for 2. Don't worry, I'm a good storyteller. You can take on my stories as well. What makes for a good 
story. You told me some good, yeah, I don't like that either. Let's see if we come down here. You told me some great books. You told me some great movies, all great stories. So what makes the story great? Yes, sir. Okay, so something that it's hard to believe. Like, how is that even possible? Does that draw some of you in? How is that even possible? I'm writing that down as well. What else? I want to know. Like, don't leave anything out. I want it to be full of life. I want it to have intricacy. Writing that down as well. How about over here? Talk to me. You got to teach me some things. You said immersion. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was telling a story just this Sunday when I was hanging out with many of your folks and I was telling you about this that I made when I, uh, I met him while I was in Iraq. And this was quite a long time ago. And I still remember to this day, the one day that he told me that if I want to communicate with somebody well, that I needed to put them in the picture. I said, Mr. Neiman, that's not how it goes. I know you don't know English as well as I do. It's called paint the picture. You got to paint a picture of somebody. You ever heard that? Before I need to paint a picture for somebody? He's like, no, 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 no. No, you need to not only paint the picture, but after the picture is painted, you need to put them in the picture. That immersion that is there. Does that impact whether or not the story is a good story? It's really those stories that if you meet all of these things, is it fair to say that that story will stick with you for a little bit? One that you didn't have to write down in order to be able to tell somebody about. It's just one of those things where it really doesn't stray very far from your mind. Can I tell you a story like that? I'm asking your permission. Thank you. As you're considering, I'll start. And if, if it's something I need to stop, then you just let me know. This is a story from the 1900s. Thank you. Thank you for laughing at that. The Dark Ages. That was awesome. And this story is from last century. The reason why I want to tell you this story is because the story is I've kept with me since I was a sophomore in high school. There's some sophomores in here. Correct? Yeah? I just want to be able to share a story that uh, as I was sitting in um, a position very close to yours, Situation coach, it was during basketball season, so it was very close to this particular time, but it was right at the beginning of the year. And our first game of the season for basketball was the green-gold scrimmage. And that's because our school colors, what do you think? Man, you guys, do you see how the picture is being painted already? What a good set. Do you see how good of a story this is? He was immersed right away. Okay, so yeah, it's unbelievable. So in the green cold scrimmage, the way it works is I was on the junior varsity team with it as a sophomore. So we had practice right after school because the green gold scrimmage was actually for varsity. But they played three quarters, and in the fourth quarter, the starters from the junior varsity team would be split up and allowed to play those last four to five minutes of the game split in and amongst the varsity. You see how this is kind of a big deal? Might not be a big deal to you. Let me tell you, in the backwoods of North Carolina, it was a very big deal. We didn't have much else going on. 
So we practiced right after school because we knew we weren't going to get a lot of run in the game that night. Say practice from 4.30 to 6, game went until 7. And just like every good young man in the 10th grade, I planned ahead knowing that I was not going to have dinner. So I packed my dinner before school and took it with me, carried it through school, didn't eat it during school, after practice had dinner before the game. Is that what happened? No, no, no young man in 10th grade thinks that far ahead. That's not possible. So none of us did. So we're actually after practice now still having another hour for the game and we were starving. Fortunately, our coach uh, understood what we were going through, handed his keys to the manager. Manager went to the one fast food restaurant in our entire county known as Hardee's. Yeah, that's right. That's old school Carl's Jr. If you ever seen that thing right up before France. Pre-Carl's Jr. was Hardee's, sent, grabbed for each player that was there, his own money, two cheeseburgers, fries, and a, a Coke. Came back, yes, very nutritious, I get it. Came back probably 20, 30 minutes later. At this point, we were very hungry. Manager, sister manager, walks around the corner, and it might as well have been the Royal Rumble. That's a wrestling term, in case you're not familiar WWE, WWF, my day, National Wrestling Alliance when I was growing up, all of these particular things. And as soon as the manager came around, it might have been like every one of us was coming off the top rope, going to those two cheeseburgers, french fries, and a Coke so that we could eat because we were, yeah, we were starving. Now, the story gets better. I'm going to stand back up on this thing because this is about how tall my high school basketball coach was. He was probably right around 6'6", 270, but he looked 7'9", 500 to us. He walked around the corner into the locker room because he was, uh, uh, he'd never moved fast, didn't need to move fast. I mean, he's 6'7", 270. So he walks around the corner. We always knew that we were in trouble because he wore these glasses, and any time he did this, Something bad was about to happen. Normally, it meant we were putting the balls up and just running for the rest of practice. He didn't talk very loud because he didn't need to. But after he put his glasses up on the nose, he said, put it back and sit down. What did we do? We put it back, sit down, because I wanted to live. <laughs> we placed the cheeseburgers back on the tray. Put the french fries back on the tray. Put the coats back on the tray. And we were all sitting down looking at him. Tells the manager to come over to the corner of the locker room. And he stands by the trash can. He takes one cheeseburger. Unwraps it. And places it in the trash can. Takes the second cheeseburger. That could have been mine. Didn't even take a bite yet. Unwraps it. Places it in the trash can. Fries on top of the two cheeseburgers. Coke, on top of that, that was one set, only 11 more to go. Takes another cheeseburger, unwraps it, doesn't say a word. Next cheeseburger, unwraps it, doesn't say a word. French fries, and then the Coke, that's two down, only got 10 more players to go. More cheeseburgers, more cheeseburgers, more cheeseburgers. As soon as all of this was done, it was about time for us to be able to go on the court at this point, because Unwrapping 24 cheeseburgers, 24 french fries, and 24 Cokes into a trash can takes a little bit of time. 
Right before he walks out, he says, I bet you don't grab again. And then we go play the game. That story happened in 1991. Last century. If you did the quick math, we're coming up on 30 years ago. Quick math. Did that story stick with me? Was there enough description in that story that you could potentially have immersed yourself into that particular story? To be able to see something. Now, uh, I wish there was some exaggeration in that story. I wish there was, but it was not. Might not have taken all 30 minutes to throw it away, but it felt like it. Maybe that was the exaggeration. But let me ask you this. I'm not going to tell you what I have learned from that story. I'm not going to tell you what has stuck with me since the 1900s with respect to that story. I'm going to ask you what you took from that story. What would you take from that particular story? Go ahead. right let's let's check it out who do you think the jerk was in the room you think you think it was the one on a high school yeah he did because who bought whose food was it high school coach high school salary backwoods north carolina didn't have to do a thing for us took his keys handed it to a manager and said take my money and go and get the food to bring back so that you can eat because you were not prepared. He's the jerk? Is that right? I would argue against that. Especially with your father being a coach. And I know how he treats his players. I was the jerk. So I'll tell you this. I did not take that away from the story. But what else would you have taken away from the story? That's not what I took, but I'm interested in what you've got to say. Yes. It is my hope that anytime somebody presents something to me ever since that point, that they know that I am grateful, that they did not have to do that, yet they did it anyway. Go ahead. Anytime that there are things that are available to me, it is my hope. It is my hope that I'm not rushing to the front, that I'm not grabbing before it is time, that I'm not assuming that I deserve something that was not mine to begin with. I'm taking away the things that you're taking away. Here's the deal. That's not even your story. That's not even my story. I'm not the one that bought the hamburgers. I'm not the one that threw them away. I'm not the one that was loved me enough in order to teach me a lesson at the time that seemed unpleasant, known as discipline. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. But will potentially yield fruit for years to come. If you have ever given me something, because we've hung around a lot now, 
have you have ever done anything for me? And I was not thankful, grateful. If I was grabbing, I want you to look me in the face. And I want you to talk to me about what Coach Moon taught me 29 years ago. A story doesn't have to be yours to be impactful. I've told that story a couple times. And the last time I heard that story was not from me. It was from my mother-in-law, my wife's mother. I told that story once to her when, we, when my wife and I first got married. That was like 18 years ago. She told that story over Christmas. Wasn't her story. Wasn't my story. It's Coach Moon's story. And still, I can take away things like to be patient and grateful. I mean, there's certain stories that just stick with you because they are life-changing. These stories have shaped my life, influenced me. That's the word we've been talking about over these last four weeks. That stories have influenced me. I do things differently now than I did before because of these particular stories. And it's a story that's not my own. So if, if I'm sharing you these stories here, how much more those stories that have shaped my life forever, not in the short term forever, even though I know 30 years seems like a long time ago. I'm talking about eternal life forever. How about those stories that have shaped me forever? Eternal life. How about those stories? Those stories are not my own. But I am very quick to share stories about my high school basketball coach. And I am not quick to share stories about how Jesus Christ has saved me from myself. Because here's the deal. That's not my story either. My life is not my own. It is not my story. And it, it, but here, look, here's the deal. Doesn't have to be my story in order to be impactful. Whether you agree or disagree. Here's, the bottom line is, is that the story that we have, the life that I have is not my own. I'll give you a couple of different options in order to be able to take a look at this. One was back in Deuteronomy. You could write this down. I'd love for you to be able to Read this later. This is Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17. I'm going to just talk to you about it. But if you would like to read this a little bit later. Ultimately, we as Israelites were slaves to the Egyptians. Building the pyramids on our backs. Creating bricks from water, dirt, and straw. If we did not work fast enough Food and privileges were taken away from us. If we thought, excuse me, if those in charge of us thought that we were taking too many resources, then our children would be taken from us and slaughtered. So there would not be as many mouths to feed. And later on, we have a God, our God, who has taken us from this slavery and let us enter into a land that is nothing like that at all. And in Deuteronomy 8, 17, God says this. He's like, let's be very careful 
that when you have all of this stuff, when you are living in paradise, you have these great houses and food on your table and you're not being beaten to death because you're not producing enough as a slave. Let's be very sure that you don't do this, that you think that you're the reason that you've got all this stuff now. And he says it's like this. He says, no, don't walk around here saying, by my hand, I did this. By my hand, I got these good grades. By my hand, I made the team. By my hand, I got this for me. I got this car. I've got this house. I've got this job. He's like, he says like this, who do you think made the hand? By my brain, I got that grade. Who made the brain? Let's talk about it on the other way. Let's talk about how when he's talking to Moses, the one that leads us out of Egypt, God, uh, Moses says, he's like, look, I can't do all this. I stutter. He says, who do you think made the mouth? Not your story, Moses. Stick with me. So why don't I share that particular story? What is the repercussions if I'm not willing to be able to share that story? You read, read along with me. These Bibles that are provided. Look, here's something I'm very thankful about what goes on here. If you don't have a Bible in order to be able to read these stories that are so impactful, what do you do? You take one home. Look, this is yours. You've got leadership that's like, hey, I want you to have a part of this story so much. I will buy the Bible. I will put it at the end of the row. And if you don't have one, you take it home. It's not your story. But man, you're a part of it doesn't have to be your story to be impactful. And we're going to read in Romans. And the best part about books, because Holy Bible set apart book, Holy set apart Bible book, is books have table of contents and they have page numbers. So I'm going to take you to a page number. And this is Romans chapter 10, verses 13 on page 1005. 1005. Four numbers, 1,005. Romans 10, chapter, excuse me, Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 15, so that you can quickly find where we are talking. It's called an address. This is Paul writing to Rome, Italy. The citizens of Rome, Italy. Real place, real history, real words, real letters. Rome. Hey, Rome, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from myself. Saved from not having a relationship with God forever. Being eternally separated from God because of my choosing. You call on the Lord, you call on Jesus Christ, say, Jesus Christ, I don't want to have that life. I want to have a life that is internally with you, not against you. What's going to happen? You're going to be saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on him if they've not believed in him? If you call on him, you're going to be saved. But if you don't believe in him, how can you call on him, Paul says? And how can they believe without hearing about him? If you don't hear about him, how can you believe in him? If you don't believe in him, how can you call on him? If you don't call on him, how can you be saved? And he keeps going. How can they hear without a preacher? And when we say preacher here, we're talking about preach to declare. How can they hear if nobody says it out of their mouth, if they don't declare it? And how can it, not, how can it, how can it be preached unless they are sent? 
So let's look at it. We just read it from top to bottom. Let's look at it from bottom to top. If they are not sent, if I don't take the good news of Jesus Christ, good news meaning gospel, if I don't take the good news, then it can't be declared. If I don't declare, then nobody's going to hear. If nobody's going to hear, how can they possibly believe? If they can't believe, how are they going to be able to call on somebody they don't even believe in? And if they can't call, then how are they going to be connected to the one that not only created them, but loved them so much to sacrifice it all to have a relationship forever? Here's what I want you to take away. Whether you intend to or not, your life is telling a story right now. Whether you intend to or not, you are influencing those that are around you right now. Whether you intend to or not, you are setting recommendations for those that see you, listen to you, hang out with you about how to live their life based on how you're living yours. What you do, what you think, what's coming out of your mouth is influencing those around you. So here's what I want you to consider. You best well know what your story is saying. If I'm constantly telling a story of my life, I want to know what that story is. I want to be intentional about what that story is. But here's the deal. What if I'm not? What if I'm not intentional about the story? What if I forget out those big parts or the main parts of the story? What if I forget about whose story that this is? What's going to happen? Write this one down. Exodus 32. Remember I talked to you about we're slaves. And I talked to you about how Moses saved us from slavery. And it wasn't easy. We were going through the desert. We were leaving Egypt going to the land that God had promised us. And we're going on foot. A foot march we like to call it. And then what happens is, is we end up uh, uh, getting stopped by the sea. And not only are we stopped by the sea, but a regiment of the strongest soldiers in the region were coming down in horses and chariots like the Assyrians on the fold in order to be able to destroy us. And all of a sudden, the sea that's in front of us splits in two and allows us to walk across it on dry land. And then when we get to the other side, we see the Egyptian regiment crushed by the sea. And then we're walking on the other side of the sea, and it's nighttime, but we got to still move. So we see a pillar of fire leading us through the nighttime of the desert. And then I get hungry, and I wake up in the morning, and I'm hungry. And the dew on the ground turns into vanilla wafers so that I can eat them every morning. And then I get thirsty. And water springs from a rock in the desert by touching a stick to it because God said it would. Question. Uh, well, they did find that there are certain types of rocks that absorb water. Agreed. <laughs> and gushing. Water out of this rock that absorbs water in order to feed thousands, excuse me, water, thousands of people. Can we say that's out of the ordinary? Yes, out of the ordinary. And what happens is that there are times when God says, we know that God has done all this. And he says, hey, I need to talk to my leader. So Moses goes up to the top to the mountain and talk to God. And we are so 
amazed by what's happening. We as the Israelites don't even want to get close to the mountain because we're like, what the heck? I've just seen pillars of fire and water gush out of a rock. And this is freaking me out right now. So Moses, you handle this. And Moses takes a long time. So we as Israelites start to get nervous because our leader is talking to God. And we say things like this in Exodus 32. We're like, well, what are we going to do now? I know. Let's take our jewelry, put it in a bucket, melt it, make it into a cow, put it on top of a stick, and say, look at this cow that is taking us from slavery in Egypt to where we are right now. Get, the, get out of here. That cow made me cross the sea. The cow's the thing that gave me the pillar of fire. The cow is what brought water out of the rock. The cow is what did... That cow wasn't even here 15 minutes ago. And this is the thing that leads me... I'm like, Israelites are so stupid. Hey. Not okay to say. You know why it's not okay to say? Because if I think about it long enough, I'm the exact same way. Look at how my bank account has got to me where I am. Look at how my car has got to me to where I am. Look at how my friends that I've got has got me to where I am. Look at how all of these things that have no consequence whatsoever when compared to eternal life and the greatest story ever told has got me to where I am. Might as well just take all that jewelry, melt it down, stick it up on a tiger stick and say, look at my God now. If I don't keep the story, the story, I can put anything on top of a stick and say that's what did it. Jesus has asked me to share the greatest story ever told. Why wouldn't I do that? There's three reasons why I wouldn't do it, and then we're going to finish up. There's three reasons why I wouldn't do that. First, it's hard. Tommy, is it hard? Did you say it was hard? Okay, is it hard? Is it hard? hard? You guys are rock stars. Can we talk about this? Standing up here, I know it's hard. Can we say, why is it hard? Because I don't want to screw it up. Because I, I'm afraid, I don't know what people are going to say about me when I open my mouth in front of them. I don't feel qualified to talk about the creator of the universe. So let's talk about a couple of those things. First of all, you're not qualified. First of all, I am not qualified. Here's the deal. I will never be qualified to talk about the ever-loving, long-lasting, slow-to-anger God of the universe that knit me from nothing in my mother's womb. I will never be qualified to talk about it, and I get to anyway. I don't care how many classes you've taken. I don't care what seminary you went to. I don't care how many... The- you, I'm not saying don't do... I'm not saying don't study. I'm not saying don't learn. I'm not saying any of those things. I'm just saying take the burden off yourself that you're not qualified because you're not. So just eliminate it. None of us are. So let's take that one that way. I will screw it up. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. It will not go the way that you want. I stand up here in front of you and I have messed it up already. I get nervous. I don't know what you're going to think or say about me. And I screw it up. And I get to do it anyway. Here's what I want you to consider. God says, I got two options. I can please God or I can please man. I cannot do something. I cannot share the greatest story told because I am concerned about what you're going to think. And then I am taking away 
recommendations to you that could change your life forever. You are taking away recommendations from other people that could change their life forever. It's hard, but it's worth it. You're not qualified, but here's what you are qualified. You are uniquely qualified to be able to how God is interacting in your life right now. I don't need you to give me a five-point exegetical paper on something from the Old Testament to talk about how God is real. I need you to be able to use your unique gift about what's going on with your life right now because nobody knows your story like you do with respect to God. Hey, I got a recommendation. In 2001, when I was 26 years old, and the recommendation was that I did not have to live my life alone and selfish. And the recommendation was is that I could live a life that was connected to others in a healthy way, have healthy relationships that were long-lasting and abundant and overflowing, and one that was far greater than I was experiencing right then. And I will never forget that Jay Smith, in August of 2001, in Fort Benning, Georgia, while we were running on a 10-mile run, took those 70 minutes to recommend to me that Jesus Christ could change my life forever. What if he had not done that? What if he had not recommended that to me? I don't know what would have happened, but I sure am glad he did. Will y'all pray with me? Hey, God, it is my desire that each and every one that's in this room understands that they are uniquely qualified to be able to talk about how you're interacting in their life right now. And if, they, if we're afraid that we're going to mess it up, here, here's all we have to do. If I know your story, then I can know my story in relation to your story. I pray that we seek out your story constantly. Learning about how you interacted with us through human history so that I can see how my story fits in to yours. I will screw it up. But I know this, is that if I am talking to others in patience and kindness and I am loving through my words, wanting them to be able to experience the love that I have, the grace that I have, the non-judgment that I have, then I can't possibly mess it up. And I want to do more of that. In your name we pray. Amen.